Welcome to Decaf, a weekly podcast by the Beacon Center. Mark and Taylor here. Mark, what you drinking this week? Doing some amp, doing going back to that. And wait, I, I just realized this is the first time it's the same people, but we're both in different locations than normal. We are. Mark, big congratulations to Mark. He sold his house during a pandemic and has moved into a sick apartment downtown right next to DeSano's Pizza, which is the best place. Well, don't ever. tell people where I live. I don't want everyone come, trying to come and hang out with me and try to take Sloan. You're going to watch it. Sloan has a lot of fans. Mark, darling, no one wants to hang out with you. It's but awesome. Sloan. But Sloan. Sloan, Sloan people take. And I'm actually in New York. I, my roommate and I drove to New York over the weekend. She's actually right there. I won't put the camera on her, but we are staying in the <laughs> tiniest apartment that ever existed and on Airbnb and um, just kind of chilling out. And I've got a window right here and that's about all the city that I've seen. <laughs> Which before we start, Taylor, I want to, I want to ask you about this. So New York City is obviously one of my favorite places to go. What has it been like with obviously the pandemic where things are closed? And I think that there's been some uh, unrest and rioting. What's it been like to be there? Yeah, I was explaining it to one of my friends yesterday and I said New York during a pandemic is like Nashville not in a pandemic. You know, there's people on the streets, but not a ton. Like usually it, the sidewalks are super crowded all the time. Now it kind of feels like walking around downtown Nashville when things are normal. Like just there's people out, but not really. People are eating outside on sidewalks um, because you can't go inside restaurants. Um, I did run into a protest in Washington Square Park the other day looked super calm. I just kind of walked by everyone, listened to what they said and turned on my music and my AirPods and kept walking. Like it was, it was really normal. But again, I have not really left the West Village. I haven't been on the subway. I haven't done anything. I've only been in West Village, Greenwich Village area. So, Soho, like all that. But so I really can't speak for the rest of it, but it's really, I did get in an Uber yesterday and he drove me straight down the middle of Times Square, which has never happened before ever. And there was zero traffic and it was at like 5 p.m. So that's, in, that's, that's insane. <clears throat> that was actually. Yeah, Cause it's always bumper to bumper. Like you can't move. Well, and also people on the sidewalks. Like there was no one on the sidewalks. And I really did, as we were driving through, there was a, um, a billboard, a marquee of Post Malone. And I like Post Malone, but I started to feel really sorry for the artists and people who have things coming out during this time and maybe are paying for a spot up there or they're trying to be promoted in Times Square, which is usually a really big spot. And now it's not because like, I'm telling you, there was like no one out there. I'm guessing they've adjusted the advertising rates though to to deal with that because I mean, and, there, and, and I mean, I, there's been a lot of discussion, which we don't really have time to talk about. But like I saw Jerry Seinfeld wrote an op-ed saying that New York will come back. And this guy, this famous guy from LinkedIn wrote this huge thing that went viral about how New York's never coming back. So there's a lot of uncertainty about the future of, of that city. No, New York is coming back. My, my friend and I waited two hours for a table at a restaurant the other night. Um, people are still going out to eat. People are still doing their thing. It just looks a little different. That's not a great data point that you waited two hours for a city coming back on the brink of collapse right now of economic and collapse, social crap, no money, and everyone with money's moving. Well, there are so many people here that still want to function and exist that that you're seeing people walking around, getting food to go, sitting outside the sidewalks. So sidewalk tables at cafes are packed. Um, it really, it's going to come back. I've well, we will see. I will, I will respectfully disagree. I think New York is going to be, it might take 20 years for it to come back, in my opinion. I think it might come back, but it will be a long time with all the millionaires leaving the state. And if they don't fix their tax code and, and just kind of all, every bit of taxes on the richest people that live in New York, I mean, why would you want to live there if you just get punished for it? I agree. I agree. But New York is still alive. My favorite places to eat are still open. And um, I have hope for it. And I love it here. And it's fun here. So I, I will report back. I'll never do the 15-hour drive again. <laughs> 
but <laughs> that. are you flying back or are you driving back to flying back. okay okay cool yeah they just they put some some crazy restrictions on people flying in from other states so we drove but nashville thank god has not done that so we are flying back yeah um, still a couple days we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah geez we'll see speaking of see what happens um that leads us perfectly into our first topic which has to do with COVID reactions in Metro Nashville public schools. So if you're unaware of what's going on, and this is happening in a lot of places across the country too, and across the state, Nashville um, has started their public schools back entirely digitally. Um, no choices for parents if they wanna go back or not go back. Williamson County, <clears throat> next county over, right down 65, they're having a choice there. People can go back or they don't have to, but Nashville is, you're at home and you're in front of a screen and parents are raising cane about it and rightfully so. Um, I have, <clears throat> sorry, been invited into multiple parent groups on Facebook of parents who are expressing their frustration about this and basically just saying like, you know, one parent that I talked to was like, I got a kid with ADHD and anxiety and my kid isn't doing so great because she was she was doing so well and now she's regressed because she's having to be at home and not being socialized not having a routine and i just am starting to feel for these parents and i'm wondering are our elected officials factoring in like social the social cost of what this is doing yeah i think so first of all not parents i don't really quite understand exactly the feeling Thank, thankfully i think it's the best time to not be parents i've seen a lot of things on that during the pandemic uh, my mom's a teacher though and it, it seems like a lot of the science is saying they can go back to school and they're really losing all these things. And, and I mean, every stat we've seen is like kids are so much less likely to get COVID. Kids are so, so, so unlikely to die. And I think I, I, there's less than five, I think, total in the, in the, in the U.S. right now. So um, and you just see these things and parents have full time jobs. And like we said, if they are. If, if they have three kids and both parents have full time jobs that they have to go to, how are the kids learning? With one computer and what if you have a six-year-old like you got to pay money either stay home or pay money for some kind of like in-home teacher babysitter yeah I, I guess i don't know if schools should reopen or not completely i just think that they should give these parents an option for that to be the case and that, that's the biggest thing that we've always talked about just having the choice because this this scenario just doesn't work for a lot of parents and a lot of children and it's not fair to punish them yeah i've actually heard that um some people that I know are teachers and they're on care.com because a lot of like single teachers over the summer will nanny and for extra, a little extra money and they're on care.com and parents are flooding care.com, which is like a babysitting service website yeah. saying, I need someone who is an experienced teacher to come and teach my kids to two to three days a week so that I can work. And also like, I can't do math. Like parents are freaking out about, how their children are going to regress socially in their skills especially think about putting a kindergarten student in front of a computer to try to learn how to be in school as a kindergarten student i saw a photo online cnn actually posted it of a mom who captured her son bawling crying because he was so confused about how to be in school on a computer this isn't this isn't what our children deserve and if it works for some kids if some kids are self-starters I was a self-starter. I would have done totally fine in this, but my little sister is not. If, if our mom had had to do this with us, just her and the two of us, it would have been an absolute disaster. So I feel for these parents, even though I'm not one. And so I just hope that our elected officials, like, yes, COVID is serious. We have to take it seriously. 
but <laughs> there are ways around this where we can put some some safety measures in place so that kids can go back to school and do what kids do. And one more thing is this kind of expanding the divide between rich people and, and people who don't have money. It's the, the people who have money say, oh yeah, I can get a, a tutor to come in and spend time with them all day. I can, I can take off a month from work because I have money. These, the, these people who are, 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 they're in the worst school districts. They don't have any money. If, if they're working full-time jobs, they might have two, three kids and, and, and they don't have anywhere to put them. They can't afford to stay home. So like, this is hurting lower income people more than anybody. And like, it's not fair that, first of all, we don't give them school choice. We don't let them go where they want. We don't help them in any way. And then we're making their educational experience learning way, way harder on them and their parents. And they're putting more added stress in a time where the economy's down and these people need to work in order to, to even just feed their kids. And now they have to worry about, well, what, else, what do I do? Do I feed them or do I teach them? There's gotta be, so it's just this bad situation where you see the gap of rich and, and poor kids, the divide growing larger. Yeah, the haves and the have-nots. I actually talked to a mom who said that recently. She said that um, one of her children is in private school and is going to school every day, and one of her children is in public school and is really discouraged and feels very lonely. And it's been a conversation that they've had to have in their home where it's like the government is widening the gap between the haves and the have-nots because of this. And it's honestly so sad and so tragic. I feel sorry for the special needs kids. I've got a friend who teaches special needs in Metro and Nashville public schools. And she's like, I don't even know what to do. Like the moms are freaking out. They don't know how to teach these children Braille or whatever they need. Um, it's really sad. And so I don't know what to do about it right now other than draw attention to it because the ESA program is at a kind of, kind of stalled out right now and as far as implementation goes yeah and so what you know what do we do we draw attention to this we ask our elected officials to put some you can't throw money at a problem but you can provide resources to um, allow children to go back safely and until the statistics show that children and teachers are in grave danger if they go back safely then we, we need to give it a try and I want to say one thing before we go. Yeah, you, you wrap this up. Nuance is important in issues like this. I am done going on Facebook and seeing people say, we need to shut down schools. We cannot go there. It's like, and if you disagree, you want people to die. There is so much nuance to every one of these issues. And I am done hearing people, mostly from the pro, like, shut down everything, pro-mask, every, everyone should wear a mask no matter what, which I mean, whatever. I, and I'm not even saying I disagree with them, but you can't say there's no other opinion because there's a lot of other opinions and it's not just health. There's economic experts. And then it turns out, even when the CDC says you can go back to school, they still say, no, 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 you can't go back to school. So they only want the health advice when it's something they get agree with. And it's insane. Just have a discussion. You're not right about probably a lot of things, but there's a lot more nuance to the situation as opposed to just close it or keep it open. There's a lot more into it. And Stop acting like you're smart than everyone because you're not. Roll Tide. I love that. Mic drop. Love it. Um, let's move on to our next topic, which also has a lot of nuance to it, I think. Yeah. One thing that Beacon's been working on for a long – well, we've been working on school choice for a long time. But another thing that we've been passionate about for a really long time is right to work and workers' rights and worker freedom. Um, if you're not familiar with right to work, honestly, that's probably an amazing thing because it means it's not really been an issue in Tennessee for a long time. I think 26 states have right to work provisions, which means that uh, employees are free to choose whether or not they want to join a union. That's really all it means. You're not forced to join a union in order to get your, to keep your job or to get your wages. You're not forced to be out of a union if, if that's what you want. Employees have the right to work how they see 
fit. It's been a law in Tennessee for a long time, but recently there have been some threats to it from coming from national groups saying right to work shouldn't exist. We shouldn't have, you know, employees should be unionized, whatever. We don't like that. That's not cool. Worker freedom does not mean some mandate that right to work does or does not exist. It just so we, what we're trying to do, what we're what we think is really important is to have right to work put in the state constitution so that it can never go away and so that workers in Tennessee are protected. There's a lot of confusion about what right to work is and what it's not. And Mark and I are reading Facebook comments all the time. It's so frustrating. One of our one of our main jobs is Facebook comment mining and seeing people's stories and what they're saying on Facebook and people are real confused about what right to work is and what it's not. Justin and, and the thing is that right to work has become, it's almost like the term capitalism. Everything they don't like, it's right to work. Anything the union doesn't like is like, well, that's right to work. It's like, no, that has nothing to do with right to work. Completely separate. That's, and, and Justin did a great blog post explaining what it is and what it's not, but it's just a catch-all for everything they hate. Anything that the unions hate, it's, it's right to work. Just like everything socialist or the left hates, like, oh, this is the fault of capitalism. Neither is true, and they just keep trotting out these words because they think somehow it means something. And then even for us, like, I, I mean, I can't speak for Mark, but even for me, I'll see these things on Facebook, and I'm like, wait, have I have I been wrong my whole life? Like, I even get confused, because I'm like, they're blaming this on right to work, and I know what right to work is, and I fought for it in multiple states, but now I'm really confused. Yeah, because if, if, you, if you hear it enough on your online, you're like, I mean, I know what it is, but like, let me check, more. and you want to check it <laughs> It's just this term, this like big vague term that they use, this blob that they use to talk about everything they don't like. And it's it, that's not what it is. There's a definition for it. There's like, you've explained it perfectly so far. That's all it is. It's it's nothing more than that. When you talked about like the, the blog that Justin wrote, it's like when you say that, oh, right to work means that anybody can get fired for any reason. That has nothing to do with what we're doing. That's employment at will. Yes. It's <laughs> from striking during the pandemic. That is a separate law in the state. So it's just because you don't like it, it doesn't mean it's right to work. It's like, oh man, the jazz lost right to work. Oh God, that was tough. Oh man, uh, Auburn exists. Yeah, you're right, right, to, right work. to work. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what this is. It's not what I'm gonna start using that from now on for everything I don't like. I'm like, oh man, if it wasn't for right to work, my people would, would be working right now. Remember, thanks Obama. People be like, oh, thanks Bush. Uh, thanks Obama. I'm that's right. Start, I'm gonna substitute right to work for that. That could be our new, we're gonna start using it. Every time we don't like something, we're gonna say, right, we're gonna blame right to work for it. That's perfect. Because that's what everyone else is doing. So well, I think- Well, the unions, most people don't really have any idea, but the unions blame right. it for everything they don't like. So I think that the reason I really wanted to talk about this this week on the podcast is because people, I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed. I've been annoyed for months and I haven't said anything about it. I've just been sending people individual messages on Facebook and being like, hey, you're confused. So let's just clear the air right now. <laughs> what right to work is and what it's not, it's readily available on Beacon's website. All it means is you can either join a union or you don't have to. That's literally all it means. Employment at will is what a lot of people are thinking of where it means you can get fired for any reason. That ain't it. That ain't it. Yeah, we so yeah, we kind of talked about that, but we will attach Justin's blog post to this post and you can read more about it. But it's a great blog post, but that's um, I think that we we really hit the right to work and we explained what it's not anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we're beating a dead horse at this point, but felt the need to talk about it. We can move on now. Now that Mark gets a rant when he hosts over caffeinated, I feel like that was my rant. I never get to rant on things, but that was my rant because I'm very frustrated after reading Facebook comments for months. Well, months. you get to rant. You just choose not to. You can rant anytime you want. You're, you're always welcome to rant here. This is this yeah. is a
a rent zone. This is a safe place. I'm going to remember that. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, this is a topic that I didn't think Mark was going to let me talk about, but that I feel as passionately about as I do about right to work. And it is the free Britney movement. Okay, so Britney Spears is, I wouldn't say the role model of my generation because my mom would absolutely cringe if I said that. Yeah, not role model. <laughs> but Britney Spears is the icon of our generation. And Mark doesn't really know what free Britney means. And it's all over social media. I mean, if you don't know what free Britney means, you've either been living under a rock or only watching NBA for your whole life. Well, I know a little bit about what it means. I just don't know the full extent. I also don't know when people are exaggerating, like what's actually happening. Because I did see something, but you, you can explain it. But I, it's, it's really right to work's fault, I think. We can all agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the reason that Britney is under a conservatorship can be blamed entirely on <laughs> capitalism and right to work. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> so let me just explain what's going on. So I think, Mark, nod or shake your head if you, if you remember this. But okay. in 2007, Britney Spears went a little nut. Well, it was probably in 2005 when she shaved her head and she did the umbrella thing. And then in 2007, she got divorced from Kevin Federline, which we all knew was a disastrous romance from the start. She started getting really crazy. She lost full custody of her kids. In 2008, she was committed to a mental institution at UCLA, and she entered into a conservatorship where her dad started running her whole life. What a conservatorship means in her case is that she can't choose when she leaves her house, she can't choose when she works, how she spends her money, because she was behaving erratically. Did she agree to that, or, or was it just forced on her? Like, I don't I know. It was forced on her. I think that her dad petitioned the court and was like, she crazy, we need to okay. help her. Okay. So in 2010, she started having a, a comeback. She released a new album. She started going on How I Met Your Mother. You remember the How I Met Your Mother episode that she was on? It was like the highest yeah, view. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was like the, um, uh, the person at the front desk of a dentist office, right? Yes. Okay. And so Glee did an episode devoted to her, and the Free Britney movement began. And her dad has been in charge of her assets since 2009. He has been in charge for 10 years. And, you know, he'll extend the conservatorship year after year after year after year. Well, recently, it was accused of her dad that he abused her older son. I don't know what that means, but he abused her older son. And he was forced to step down from his conservatorship. Now, recently, most recently, fans have started noticing that Britney's been acting a little crazy on social media. She burnt down her gym in her house because she left a candle burning for too long. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. She's been posting a lot on social media. And I don't know. I know Mark doesn't follow this a lot, but she fans will ask her comments on social media and she responds to them in a cryptic way that that leads people to believe that she's not happy where she is and so now she's petitioning the court for her little sister jamie lynn spears zoe 101 to be in charge of her assets um i just think it's a really why, why can't she just be in charge of her own assets does she have some like she can probably control them why does she need her younger sister to control her assets her family says that the conservatorship is good for her but but she's a great, how does she not have, like, I don't understand how she doesn't have control over what she does with that. I, I'm with you. I am, I am 100% free Britney. I think that Britney should be in control of what she does. Um, but again, she could be taken advantage of, you know, she's had. Did she sign something? Like, I don't understand how this is even possible. It sounds like when somebody's like, oh, I got in this mental institution, I can't get out, like in movies, like you had to, like, 
she must have at some point signed something to say that like I, I don't know what happened she must have either that or she's been evaluated to be unstable and her dad has been able to stay in control. There's just a lot that the public but, doesn't But even being unstable, you still have legal rights to keep your, like, she would have had to sign something, no matter how unstable she is. Yeah, so that's kind of what's coming to light right now. They're in court. They've been in court recently. Do you remember when she got married in Vegas to her childhood best friend for, like, 72 hours? No, I think Kevin Federline is the last one I remember. And she okay. Did. So she got married to her childhood best friend in Vegas for like, I mean, it was shorter than Kim Kardashian's first marriage, but she, that guy was outside the courthouse protesting on behalf of Brittany the other day. So someone's not telling the truth. And this is where- Oh, she's like her her ex-husband? Yeah, her ex-husband. Oh, okay. Yeah protesting on her behalf. This is where Justin starts to call me a tinfoil hat because I am like big into conspiracies and I love them. But I have been following the Britney, um, the Free Britney movement from the start. And I just think that something's going on that we're not being told. And I think that everything's going to come out and I wish that Britney would write a tell-all book. And I am, I am saying right now that I am in full support. I, as much as I love right to work, as much as I love school choice, as much as I love capitalism, I love free Britney. Mark, what is your opinion? I, it just sounds insane. And it sounds like, if anything, that I think you're already making it more of a conspiracy than there probably was to begin with. Um, my guess is that when stuff comes out, it's going to be way less juicy than you think. <laughs> and it's like she probably just signed something saying that, that he controls her assets until she can do, prove something. It's probably very simple and nothing like what you're talking about. But we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't follow it. It just doesn't, I still don't get this idea. And I guess I have to figure it out. And maybe it's not out there, but people have control. So she did something to put herself in the situation at some point. I mean, she went nuts. Like while we were still in high school, she went a little but crazy. But again, had to sign something. Just going yeah. nuts is not enough. Somebody can't just take, and, and it would be weird. Because I mean, that was what, like 20 years ago at this point, 15 years ago that she's still under this. Two things before we go. Um, Chris, uh, Kim Kardashian's first husband was drafted by the Utah Jazz, Chris Humphreys. That's a fun little fact. Um, second, I watched One Tree Hill over a couple, it was like a couple months ago, and Kevin Federline's in an episode of One Tree Hill. Just, yeah. just, just to know the guys we talked about exes. I think that's important. No, he's the jerk in One Tree Hill that was yeah. Nathan's drummer. Yes, right. I yep. remember that. Yep. K-Fed. I remember I watched him, like, is that Kevin Federline? I'm like, I don't think I remember what he looks like. But he's like, like fat now and like, like dad-ish, right? Yeah, like like gross dadish though. But yeah, he used to be attractive, but not anymore. I I would never go as far as to say he was attractive. Well, I would. So I'm, I'm on the free Kevin Federline. I also have really bad taste in men, so. The worst. More personality. <laughs> no, nah, it looks too. It's fair. Okay. <laughs> we can all agree that I have really bad taste in men. So yeah, I, if Kevin's cute, let me know because I I obviously can't be a judge. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of a blast from the past, Bring It On premiered 20 years ago today. Bring It On. Mark, did you watch Bring It On? No, I didn't watch it, but I remember we had, like, in our seventh grade talent show, the girls did the song from that, the Burr, It's Cold In Here song. So I know that song. I've never watched it, though. Well, it came out 20 years ago, and I was just thinking about it and how I really miss movies from those days. I feel like, like the teeny bopper movies that are coming out now are just, like, they're nothing like Bring It On or Scary Movie or Scream or any any of those things like that that were. Wait, you like Scary Movie? Oh, I love Scary Movie. I think it's the funniest thing that ever. Oh, that's surprising. Okay, so you you do like one good movie. That's good to know. But no, I mean, think about all the nostalgic movies. I've recently been going back and watching all these movies. Like, remember Drive Me Crazy with Melissa Joan Hart? 
And that and that dude from yeah, I I, I the guy from Entourage. That was a terrible movie. Yeah, I do like the guy from Entourage, but that was not a good movie. <laughs> a great movie. Okay, well, what are your nostalgic movies? I mean, I don't even know where to start with you. So, so I and I guess it depends what you mean by nostalgic. So I remember, like as a kid, I used to watch uh, Land Before Time a bunch, and that kind of brings me back to nostalgia as like a five year old. Um, I, see, I think of like nostalgia like snakes on a plane. I remember I really liked, like like watch that with my eye now. I, well, it's just like, but all the nostalgia of any movie isn't necessarily how good it is. It's like what it brings you back to. I remember me and my my friends going at midnight the night before, and people had fake snakes, and so I just feel like every movie that we have nostalgia from, it's because of a moment in our life, less than that the actual movies. I think Mighty Ducks was like all three of them was a big part. Yeah, too. totally. So, w- which ones are yours? Uh, it has to be, I mean, Bring It On is definitely one of them. All the movies that have to do with dance or cheerleading, because that's what I was doing. So, like, remember Step Up? Step yeah, Up. Was the, yeah, yeah. That had, um, what's that? Channing Tatum and yeah. Jenna Dewan. Yeah. I think he's good looking. Good taste. Um, well, he, literally everyone in the world. Like, not one person thinks he's bad looking. So, great. <laughs> so, Step Up was one of them. Center Stage, that was a dance movie that I loved. Hey, the one with that girl oh gosh I, um she was real famous like the night uh, julia something no that was save the last dance that's okay. um, that was okay. save the last dance. also a nostalgic movie honey like all those dance movies oh, God, honey. It was <laughs> awesome. like the worst movies of all time you're naming i know but like my dad used to take me to hollywood video on saturdays and i could go pick out like mary kate and ashley movies remember holiday in the sun winning I london didn't, i didn't watch that now um, Billboard yeah, dad. Those were, those were, I mean, isn't that kind of nostalgic in, in itself, though? Like going to Hollywood Video on a Saturday and getting movies. Like you just felt like you were gonna have the best weekend when, when your parents would take you there. And and I used to. So my big thing in Hollywood Video was like I stopped renting movies. I'm like, hey, you can buy a lot of used movies for like four bucks. So I would I would like save up for two months and then go in with like forty bucks and come in with like like fifteen movies. They they would have like buy ten get four free. So I'm just like, well, I, I've seen half of these. I have to the other half, and, and you got the VHS. Yeah. This is a great deal. It's cheaper than running it. I owned like all the Mary Kate and Ashley VHSs because of that. Billboard Dead, Passport to Paris, Holiday in the Sun, Winning London, Arlitz for Still. Like I owned all of them because of those deals at Hollywood Video. And then I would always, and honestly, kudos to my dad for like letting me do this. I, we would get up to the counter to check out. And you remember those little bags of cotton candy? That oh, they yeah. oh yeah. I used to just like grab one and slip it up on the counter and my dad would see it and he would just let it slide. And I would get a bag of cotton candy, but the deal was that I had to finish it before my mom saw it. That's like I had to move. eat it in the car. So That's like that was like move. a little thing. But anyway, I just kind of miss those days of innocence. I was watching some movies last night and they were just pure hot garbage. And I just really miss straight to VHS videos that I used to watch a lot. That's right. I remember the one, I, I, one more nostalgic video that I forgot, which you probably actually like, because I remember that the VHS was orange. Um, Good Burger, that, that like brings me back. So, like, I love that movie. And that's like, if, if I had to pick a movie that I loved in my childhood, that's probably it. And I still, I watched it last year and it is still great. It still holds up. Cinema gold, pure comedic gold. It, it turns out Carmen Electra is not as famous anymore. But like a lot of like a lot of like the people who showed up were like famous at the times. Like yeah, these people, nobody knows who they are anymore. Carmen so, Electra in every single, single movie of that time. LOL. Yeah. Um, I oh gosh, my phone is going off. Um, anyway, that's probably our signal that we should go. But um, any nostalgic movies, comment below. Any right to work questions, comment below. We'll post Justin's op I mean, post Justin's blog post and uh, hashtag Free Britney. I'm going to do a streaming version of Good Burger, so let me know if you want in. I'm going to do it online, so. (laughs) On that note, goodbye, everyone.